Hey, welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Glad to have you again. Starting a new series today. It's a series called I'm Ready. And I am ready. I hope you're ready for something wild and new and exciting. You're going to enjoy this series. We're going to get started right now with none of these things move me. You're going to enjoy this. Come on, listen up. I'm ready. It's a new sermon series. It's called I'm Ready. And this week we're going to talk about none of these things move me. So that's the name of the series is I'm Ready. But the the title of the sermon today is None of These Things Move Me. Right? None of these things move me. So I got a little picture for you there. It's uh, because I want to define what it is, what we're ready for. Look at this one here, right here. Hello, Jesus, I'm ready to come home. People in earth be tripping. I mean, people in earth be tripping. Lord Jesus, get me out of here. How many prayed that prayer at least once during the pandemic? Just my wife. Oh, we got another hand. Anybody else? Can I see that hand? No. I mean, I'll tell you. I'll be going, Lord, Lord Jesus. I'm ready. Come and get me because people down here, they'd be tripping. You know, that's not the ready we're talking about, though. That's not the ready. The ready we're going to talk about over the next five or six weeks, it's this one. Bring it on. I'm ready. Boom. I mean, bring it on. I'm ready. That's what we're into. We're going we're gonna to do a truckload of that for the next five or six weeks. Are you ready? Come on, turn your knees. I'm ready. I'm ready. Bring it. Bring it, Pastor, because I am ready. Psalm 57. I'm going to read the whole psalm to you. It's just a couple verses on the screen, one on the screen there, verse 7. But I'm going to read the whole thing. You ready? The Psalm 57, it's, a, it's at the title. If you're reading your Bibles, <laughs> on the top of some of the psalms, there's titles. It defines what the psalm was, who wrote it, and when he wrote it. So this psalm, the title of this psalm is, it's a prayer for safety from enemies, and it's, it's written to the chief musician. And to the chief musician, he said, I want you to set this psalm, I want you to set it to the tune, I want you to set it to the music of one of their hymns, which was, Do Not Destroy. So there was a song that they sang called Do Not Destroy, and David said, I'm writing this psalm, and when you sing it, I want you to sing it to that tune. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? So he wrote that song, and that's what it was all about. It's a miktam, and a miktam is a psalm of, as, that is as precious as stamped gold. This was a very, very precious psalm to the Israeli people. They said, this is one of, this is, this is like, this is on the gold album chart. This is good. This one went way past platinum. This is like one of the greatest hits of David. So this is what it's all about. You ready? So this was written when David had fled and, and Saul chased him into a cave. So David was in lockdown in a cave with a whole bunch of people, some of the best people ever. You know who joined him there? Everybody who was discouraged, in debt, and discontented. The three D's. So all, all the disrespected people, all the broken people, all the poor people, all the miserable people, all those people gathered to David. What I love about that is it says David turned them into an army of God. He took a bunch of people who life had spit out, and he turned them into an army of God. So here's David in the cave hiding from Saul. See, because Saul knew, everybody knew, David knew that I am anointed to be the next king. But David would not take that in his own hands. He's going to honor the anointing of the day. He's going to honor King Saul. He's going to honor what God is doing. I mean, it's not up to me to take a person out. I mean, I'm going to honor. He loves Saul. He loves Saul with his whole heart. But Saul wanted to kill him. So David had to run for his life into this cave. And he's in this cave. And it's in this cave. It's in this miserable spot in his life that David wrote this song. Now when you're in your most miserable, locked down, ugly situation, don't make carpets for, or carpets for the cave or curtains for the cave. Don't start measuring. Don't start analyzing the cave. You're not there forever. You're passing through. 
Let's quit analyzing the pandemic. Talk about it. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? <laughs> to mask or not to mask is the question. I mean, we're spending all this time studying. Who cares? We're coming out and I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll tell you that. Sometimes I watch this back and I go, what are you shouting about? I mean, my goodness. There's just something going on there. But I tell you, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. So here, look, look, at, look. It says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful. He's in a cave being chased by Saul, who he deeply loves. Saul's son, Jonathan, is his best friend. And I mean, David just really honors the Lord and honors the kingdom. And yet here he is, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, because my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wing, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed me by. What am I going to do in the middle of this nonsense? I'm going to put myself under the shadow of God's wings. I'm going to trust him because I know this is not my future. This is just where I am right now. But there's way better days ahead because he's faithful and he's promised me way more than this. This is not the end of the story. It's just a miserable chapter. Turn the page. Turn the page because we're coming out. All right, I got the proper audience here today. Praise Jesus. We got all the shouters and the clappers in the room. Woo! I'll tell you, some good right there. And the shadow of your wings, I put my rage. I cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He's in a miserable spot. He's in a cave. The person he deeply loves is trying to kill him. And David is saying, ah! No, he's saying, he said, I cry out to God, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. He shall, my God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I am among sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are like spears and arrows, and their tongue is sharp as a sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. That's my mission statement. It's Habakkuk 2.14. And the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful and let your glory fill all the earth. That's what you cry out in a time of struggle. That's what you cry out when things aren't going your way. That's what you cry out when your best friend's trying to kill you. That's what you cry out when Fauci says, wear, don't wear two masks, wear three masks, wear five masks. Who cares? My God! He's a faithful God. Amen. Hallelujah. Be exalted, O God. They've prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They've dug a pit for me in the midst of themselves. <laughs> in the midst of them, they have fallen. All right, verse 7. My heart is steadfast. O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Verse 7, my heart is steadfast. Oh, God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and I will give praise. Ha. 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 My heart is steadfast. Oh, God, awake my glory. Awake the lute and the harp. Awake in the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heaven and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. He was in a cave being chased by someone he deeply loved. Most miserable time of his life. And he's finding strength. He's fixing his heart on his God. 
Look at what it says. New King James Version says, my heart is steadfast. Oh, God, my heart is steadfast. The Passion Translation says, my heart, oh, God, is quiet and confident. Now I can sing with passion your wonderful praises. The King James Version, it says, my heart is fixed. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. I like that right there. I just love the way that flows. You ready? My heart is fixed. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. Ha. Is your heart fixed? My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. I just love that. It's just, I want to say it one more time. Say it until you feel it right all the way down in the fiber, right down on a cellular level. I want you, I want you, when you say that with your mouth, I want you to feel your whole body respond to it. I want you to vibrate right to the very core of your being. You ready? My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. Did you feel that inside you? Did you feel that coming out of you and just speaking and prophesying over yourself? My heart is fixed. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. Three people got there. Three people, four people. So you got to feel that deep in you. Deep in you. The, uh, the uh, Young's Literal Translation says, Prepared is my heart, oh, God. Prepared is my heart. And I will sing praise. Prepared. <laughs> you know, it's messy. It's ugly. But you know what? Prepared is my heart, oh God. I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'm not going to, you know, measure for drapes in the cave. I'm not staying here. I'm not, I'm not going to analyze the cave. What's it look like? How do you feel about the cave? Who cares? My heart is prepared. My heart is prepared. My heart is fixed. I'm not focusing on here. I know that God is faithful. And I know that he's working right now on my behalf. And I know my focus is this. The earth is full of your glory. Prepare, it, was, it was Jen Sloan. That's who it was. I thought that was Kelly. It was Jen Sloan. Come on, Jen Sloan. Don't shout me down. My God. Come on. Prepared is my heart. The word, the Hebrew word is the word kun. Kun. Kun, it means to be firm, to be stable, to be established, to be ready. To be ready, to be prepared. I'm ready. Ah, we're going to go at this for five weeks because we're going to get it sunk deep in you. We're not just, not just one time. Not just one time we're going to visit I'm ready. We're going to for five weeks drill down really hard on I'm ready. Because I tell you, things are beginning to shift in a big, big way. Yeah, I'll tell you, i tell you, you know, the enemy wants to dumb you down. He wants to, he wants to take away. He wants, to, he wants you to start to question God, to, to question what's really going on. He, he's trying to take away your zeal, to take away your passion, to take away your joy. Because if he can take away your joy, he can take away your strength. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I don't ask myself if I'm happy. I tell myself, you're happy because you got the joy of the Lord. I got the joy of the Lord. Psalm 57 in the message, in the message, Psalm 57, 7 says, I'm ready. God, I'm so ready. I'm ready from head to toe. I'm ready to sing. I'm ready to raise a tune. I think there's something about this singing. I think there's something about ready people and singing. There's got to be. When you're ready, it means the elevator music in your life. It's different. Swing low, sweet When you're ready, the elevator music in your life is, my God is a great God. He's a mighty God. You wake up every day and you got a beat of heaven, the beat of the kingdom, just boom, boom, boom. What are we going to do today, God? 
Let's go take him out and let's go kick a demon in the teeth. Let's go destroy the kingdom of darkness. Let's do something awesome. Because the drum beat in your life is da 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 Some people run into them. How you do? Some people got the eye of a tiger. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. No amens today. Just I'm ready. All right? No amens. You ready? Say, you ready? ready. Come on. Let me hear it again. Turn to your neighbor. Convince them. Yell right in their face. All right, that's good. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, that was, that was exciting right there. You know, you know what scares me just a little bit? What will that look like in week five? You know what I mean? Wow. Woo! I'm telling you. All right, Ludwig van Beethoven. Ludwig van Beethoven. You see, here's what he said. He said, I will seize fate by the throat. It shall certainly never wholly overcome me. See, now Ludwig Beethoven, he, at five years old, played the violin. He was considered a virtuoso. At five years old, he was just an amazing violinist. I mean, he was um, uh, creating symphonies, I mean, in his youth and in his teens. He did nine symphonies. But by the time he was in his 20s, he started losing his hearing. And by the time he was later in life, he was stone deaf. And because of that, he took his piano and he chopped the legs off, and the piano was right on the ground. And he would lay on the ground with his piano, and he would hear the notes through his sense of feeling. He would feel the notes. And he wrote his ninth symphony, Stone Deaf. And he wrote it laying on the floor, playing the piano. If You should go listen to the ninth symphony. It's, it's a symphony that has Ode to Joy in it. It's an amazing symphony. And he conducted the symphony Stone Deaf. He's conducting them Stone Deaf. He couldn't hear a single thing from the people who were playing and singing. And he conducted it. And he didn't know that behind him the place was erupting. Because the people were just like, wow, this is off the chart. And he did that stone deaf. And you know why he did that? Because that's what he said. Throw that back up again for me. Just one more time. Can you throw that last slide back up? I will seize fate by the throat. It will certainly never wholly overcome me. And that was just before he wrote this symphony he sent to a friend. He said, I'm not going to let this affect the song that is inside of me. I got stuff that needs to come out, and I'm not going to let. Some people go, oh, well, you were fated to be deaf, I suppose. He says, I don't give a rip. The music in me is getting out. He find a, found a way. You know, if there's something encroaching on your life and on your future, if you got something in you that needs to get out, you got to get that by the throat and say, back off. If you got sickness or you got brokenness, you got something attacking your family or something attacking your children or something coming against your finances, you got to grab it right by the throat. And you got to say, I am ready to completely crush you and eliminate you from my life. Are you ready? I'm, how many are ready to do incredible exploits, to partner with God for great stuff? I am prepared. My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. I might be in a cave right now, but your future and what you've spoken over me, it's way better than this. And I'm not going to get sidetracked by this nonsense. I'm going to grab it by the throat. And I'm going to squeeze it to death because I'm going to realize every promise and every word you spoke over my life. Why? Because I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank you very much. I'm ready. I'm going to take it by the throat because I'm ready. You know, last week we talked about God is for us. The resurrection says God is for us. And if God is for us, 
Who could be against us? I mean, since God, Almighty God, who created things with a word, he's the one who's for you. I mean, can anything, can anything, can anything in all creation separate you from his good intentions for you? Can they? No, we know that. That's why I'm telling you, folks, I am ready. And and when you're ready, you're determined. Determination, I'm ready, I'm fixed, I'm prepared. You know, most failure comes not from a lack of talent or from a lack of opportunity. It comes from a lack of determination you know it says never be lacking in zeal Romans 12 go look it up never be lacking in zeal in your service to the Lord well I'm just kind of mailing in my relationship with God right now I'm just doing barely enough to say hey big fella yeah you're still interested never be lacking in zeal when is never never is never never be lacking in zeal that word zeal means to boil to be over the top hot never be lacking in zeal in your service to the lord and you know that's what the devil wants to do he wants to take away your passion because you know what it's not talent and ability it is determination that really makes the difference babe ruth babe ruth you know babe the house that babe built yankee stadium babe ruth the sultan of swat babe ruth babe ruth said He said, it's hard to beat a person who never gives up. See, Babe Ruth struck out more than anybody else, but he he sent more home runs out than anybody else. He had more RBIs than anybody else because he didn't mind. It doesn't matter if I struck out before. I'm going to keep swinging. I tell you, I'm going to hit more than I don't. You watch. And you know what? It's hard to keep somebody down when they just will never give up. Mark Twain said, "It's it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. See, I had people when I was a kid, I was little, people tried to pick on me. I said, you want to pick on me, you better bring your lunch. Pack a lunch, because this ain't, this ain't over till I say so. It could be three weeks from now, watch your back, because I'm going to be on you. I'm going to come, I'm going to choke you out from behind. And they used to just know that, you know that guy, he may not be big, but it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. I tell you, God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is zealous and jealous and mighty. It's a spirit of might and a spirit of power. Do you know who you are? I tell you, determination is a big, big deal. Acts chapter 20, I love this chapter. Acts chapter 20, Paul, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He understands now that on this journey, he knows by revelation he's going to get thrown in jail. He's going to be in chains, but he knows this journey is going to get him all the way to Rome. But God's already revealed to him, it's going to be a difficult ride. But he goes back to Ephesus, or in the port city near Ephesus, and he invites all the leaders down. He says, come on. He said, I'm going to, this is going to be the last time. Listen, guys, this is going to be the last time I'm going to see you. And it says he hugged them, and they wept together. But, you know, he said, all of this stuff is before me. All these difficulties, I know what is before me. I could say, let's not do this, but I know that this is how I'm going to realize the purpose of God for my life. And here's what he says in Acts chapter 20, 22. He says, and see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit has testified to me that in every city, here's what the Holy Spirit told me, in every city, you're going to experience chains and tribulation. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I mean, my God, is there anybody else up there? The Holy Spirit told me that what's in front of me are chains and tribulation everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. But listen, look at this. You ready? But none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Why? Because I'm ready. I'm ready. I know. The Holy Spirit's already told me. And I know I'm not going to see any of you guys probably ever again. I love you. And he says, I've I've taught you everything in the goodness and the grace of God. And I'm free 
I'm free of the blood of any man because I've taught you the gospel of the kingdom of his grace. And he says, but now I'm pursuing God's purpose for my life. And I know what he's told me don't look pretty, but I tell you what, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. See, last week we talked about being more than a conqueror. It wasn't more than a conqueror delivered from things. It says, in these things. In these things. He defined a whole bunch of trouble. He defined a whole bunch of nasty. And he said, in these things, you are more than a conqueror. In these things, you've got to grab that thing by the throat. I mean, just get mad, dog, ugly about it and command that it leave your life. It leaves my child's life. It leaves my world's life. It leaves this city's life. We've got to grab it right by the throat and say no. If we really believed in prayer, my 7 o'clock prayer meeting on Skype would be fuller than six people. Sorry? Did I say Skype? That's why nobody's there. It's not on Skype. It's on Zoom. It's on Zoom. Have I been advertising Skype all this time? Man, I tell you, if we really understood that we could, through prayer, grab things by the throat and make them end. I mean, my goodness, if we really believed that you could do that in prayer, how much more would we pray? My dad taught on prayer all the time. I mean, he wouldn't go four weeks without teaching on prayer. Prayer was a big deal. One of his favorite verses was, God forbid that I should sin against you by not praying for you. What an ugly verse that is, right? He said, I am bound. I am in a debt to love you. And one of my things, how I express that indebtedness is I constantly pray for you. I tell you, we've got to grab some stuff by the throat. Impact Church, we're going to get ugly. We're going to get mad dog ugly. We're going to see this city turned around. We're going to see the influence of the goodness of God touch this city like never before. we got three excited people. All right, come on, pastor, come on. I'm ready. I'm ready, pastor. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. See, none of these things move me. The only thing important to me is that I would finish my race with joy. If you want joy in your life, understand what your race is. Embrace what God has called you to do. Pour your whole life into that, and you'll experience joy. You'll experience satisfaction. He says, that's all I want. And what is it? I know what my ministry is. You know what my ministry is? My ministry is to fill the earth with the gospel of the good news of the grace of God. You know something, that is a big deal to us here at this church. It is the gospel. You know what the world needs to hear? You people are evil. The world is terrible. I mean, I want to tell the world how awful it is. World, you are awful. You are awful. It's because of your awfulness. The judgment of God is on us because you're all awful. The world doesn't need to hear that. The world needs to hear about the extravagant generosity of a loving God. Paul didn't go into towns and say, I came to town, I studied how sinful you are, and I've got a great big list of all of the evil reasons why God wants to take you out. No, he walked in, he said, I got good news. I got good news. God loves you so much, he sent his son to die for you. He dealt with all your sins, and he's brought you into a loving relationship with himself. Ha! Paul said, I claim to know nothing. Nothing. Well, what about the pandemic, Paul? I know nothing. What about politics these days? I know nothing. What do you know, Paul? I know nothing except this. I know Christ crucified and the power of his resurrection. 
That's what's going to change the world, folks. It's not a bunch of arguments, blogs, and nonsense. It's people walking around baptized in the goodness of God. I got my throat around every evil issue. My hands on the throat of every evil issue. And we're releasing the goodness of God everywhere we go. Can somebody breathe for me? I need some intercessory breathers. <sighs> Hallelujah. Is anybody ready? Is anybody ready? Man, Bob, are you ready? That was good. That was, I can see Bob. He's in the light out there. The rest of you are just spots. But, I mean, I can see Bob in his white shirt. He's like an angel standing back there. Thank you, Lord. I am ready. I'm ready. None of these things move me. Here's what the message The message is the same verse. The message says, what matters most to me is to finish what God started. The job the master Jesus gave me of letting everyone know all about the incredibly extravagant generosity of God. That's what Paul did from city to city, from town to town, from place to place. That's why he got shipwrecked, beaten, whipped, left for dead. So that he could tell everybody about the extravagant goodness of God. Ha! That's what he did. That's what he did. Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde said, most people are other people. You ever run into people and they're the last program they watched, you know? You run into people and they're not originals. They're... Something got stamped on them, you know. Everybody else does my thinking for me. Oscar Wilde said, most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions. Their lives are mimicry. Their passions, a quotation. And I just gave you a quotation. <laughs> so, and Oscar Wilde says, our, our life is a quotation of which I just gave you a... Thank you. My, my wife got that, right? So, let me quote some more stuff for you. Ready? 1 Corinthians 9, 26. This is the Apostle Paul. He said, so I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. Do you know what the goal is? See, Paul was consumed with a mission. He said, all I'm doing with everything in me is the goal, the race, the ministry, what God called me for. I cared little about anything else. And even though the Holy Spirit told me that chains and persecution are what's in front of me, I don't hold my life dear to myself. Who cares? I want every person to hear a testimony of the incredible generosity of God. And whatever it takes to do that, I'm ready. I'm ready. None of these things move me. Because I have fixed my heart, oh God. I have fixed my heart. See, if you don't fix your heart, you can get blown around by these things. I've seen people in the pandemic get blown all over the place. Question everything they're doing. Question, why do I go to church? Why do I do this? Why do we do that? Why do I do that? You know, if you're not fixed, winds like this can blow you way off course. You can find yourself in another country. But, you know, if you're not fixed, I have fixed my heart, oh God. I have fixed my heart. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm established. I'm ready. We're going to do this for five weeks, so get ready. Are you ready? Who's ready? I'm ready. Philippians chapter 3, 12 to 14. This is real. I mean, everybody knows these verses, right? But one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, I'm reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press towards the goal. Do you know what God has for you? Do you know what God is doing today? Do you know what he wants to unpack in your life? See, Paul had incredible passion in his life because he knew what God was doing in and through him in his day. 
You know, you're a slave to all kinds of nonsense if you're not fixed. My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. Acts uh, chapter 16, verses 20, 19 and 20. It says, uh, there, oh, sorry, Acts 26, 19. It says, therefore, King Agrippa. It's one of my life verses. I love this verse. Therefore, King Agrippa, I have not been disobedient to the vision from heaven. See, Paul had a vision from heaven. And here he is. He's on his way to Rome now. This is part of that journey. He's in chains right now. And all these different leaders are, he's being brought before them and they question him. And he says, listen to this, O King Agrippa. And I always think there's always a King Agrippa in your world. And the devil is a King Agrippa. He's always coming trying to get a grip of your destiny. He's trying to paint you a picture of something different. And, and, you know, he's always trying to pull you out of being fixed in God. But King Agrippa, he always shows up and says, what are you doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you giving so much energy to that? Why? Look at this. Chains. Why this nonsense in your life? Tell me about yourself. And he said, oh, King Agrippa, I have not been disobedient to the vision from heaven. If you don't understand the eternal purpose of why God, because you were formed in him before the foundation of the world, and you exist for a reason, and you exist for a purpose, can you live life? Absolutely. Can you absolutely, totally miss his purpose for your life? Absolutely. Will you be a child of God, loved and baptized in his grace and wonder? Yes. But Paul, the teacher of grace, said there's way more than just enjoying the benefits. I would go in chains because of the benefits so that more people could get a revelation of the benefits. What are you willing to do to make sure that London is a city of God? Okay, pastor. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Here it is in the message. What could I do, King Agrippa? I mean, listen, what could I do? I couldn't walk away from a vision like that. I couldn't be, I mean, I became obedient, a believer. I became obedient believer on the spot. I started preaching this life-changing, radical turn to God and everything it meant every day. Listen to this. I, I taught this turning to God thing and everything it meant in everyday life. I love that phrase. See, because this turn to God thing isn't just some exciting experience and yeah i'm gonna serve god See, i love this it says it says what it means in everyday life it's it's about everyday life it's about the everyday going to work loving your family it's about the everyday life i mean i mean the goodness of god the gospel of grace it goes down to a cellular level into who you are it affects every single issue of your life and there's a good news. There's a message that will impact your life for joy, and it will settle deep down into every issue of your world. Hey. Well, that was a good sermon, but I don't know how it works in my everyday life. I'll tell you, the gospel works in your everyday life. The gospel works in every issue of your life, in every please. There's not a single thing that God can't favor you and advantage you in in your life where you can't be a living, walking, breathing miracle in everything you do. Whatever he's called you to do, he didn't call you to do it partway and halfway. He called you to do it in a way that honors and glorifies him. And it's going to be amazing. Can I get an amazing? I'm going to wrap it up. I'm wrapping up. I'm speed wrapping up. You ready? Colossians 1, 28, 29. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. To this end I labor. To this end I labor. Striving according to his working power which works in me mightily so paul says i'm giving everything i'm giving it all but what i'm working with is i'm working with his might and i'm working with his power that works in me mightily it's grace that's called me to where i am and i'm giving everything to it yet not i but it's his grace in me that is working mightily 
And I say, what God's called you to do, he's going to grace you for. He's not going to grace you to be average. He's going to grace you where every time, wherever you work, people are going to realize, like Joseph. It, it says, it says the, the, the servant, the, the, where he served, his boss found out my whole world is favored because of Joseph. When I brought Joseph into my world, when I brought him into my home, everything changed in my world because Joseph is packing an anointing. Well, I worked for Nedco for years, and I had two believers who worked with me. We met every morning at 7 o'clock, and we prayed for our business. We prayed for our branch. We prayed for everybody in our branch. And it was in 1980, 81, 82, and if you remember those years, how many remember those years? few of us, some of you weren't even born yet, right? Anyways, it was tough. There was nothing going on. There were no building programs in Metro Toronto. It was shut down. Interest rates were like 20%. Nobody was borrowing money. If you had money, you were putting it in investments because getting 20% on a buck, that was pretty awesome. You love to get that today. But nothing was happening. And what am I working for? I'm working for an electrical industry. We sell electrical supplies in a city where nobody's building a thing. And yet in that period, our branch expanded three times. We had to find bigger space three times. In the middle of a drought, we had increase. Oh, big deal, Pastor. You don't think it's because we prayed? I do. I absolutely do. And the people in our, where we were, they were blessed because we were there. You are a blessing. You are an open fountain of the goodness of God wherever you are. Are you ready? Are you ready? None of these things... None of these things move me because I am moved internally by a heavenly force. I am guided by a life principle which drives me in my life with his power, might, and purpose. And none of these things move me because if God is for me, who can be against me? And in these things, I am more than a conqueror. Where do all the growlers go? Where's the growler? I'm telling you. All right. Listen, real quick. You ready? Purpose motivates. When you got purpose, it motivates. When, when, when you wake up every day in purpose, you can't wait to wake up because you know what you're doing. It's like every day is Christmas. What did Santa bring? Woo! Daily, he loads me with benefits. I mean, that makes you want to wake up. There are, benef- there are fresh mercies today. There's fresh benefits from heaven today. There is fresh revelation from the throne of God today. I can't wait to wake up and experience the glory of God. I mean, man, you are motivated. I mean, when you got purpose, it aligns your priorities. I mean, look at Paul's going, I know that there's chains and there's persecution everywhere I go. But you know what? You'll embrace that if you understand that God's purpose for your life is going to take you through that. The road to get through there, I got to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but I fear no evil for you are with me. I'm not staying in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, you'll align all your priorities. You know, well, that's hard. I don't give a rip if it's hard. Because you know what? It's worth it. You'll align all your priorities. Last night, I went home, or the night before I went home, my wife wanted to put some new flooring down. I wanted to watch the hockey game. But you know, when you want to get something done, you got to change your priorities. When you, when you realize new floor or sit and watch other people skate, it's, all of a sudden, you're going to align your priorities. A lot of people aren't aligning their priorities. They're letting all, they're letting all the whole wish bag out. When you got purpose, it aligns your priorities. When you got purpose, it develops your potential. See, I had to come yesterday and put my little notes on the screen. And I said, honey, can't do any flooring this morning. I've got to go. So I left. And she was there with just a few more pieces to go. 
And she wanted it done. So, you know, I got home and it was all done. She took the cupboard doors off in, in the walkway and she took them back and she took them outside and she pulled out the power saw that she'd never used before. And she grabbed that tool and she went, and she even got Dylan to take a picture of me. I am so motivated to get this floor done. I'm going to do things that I've never done before. And it released potential in her life that she now realizes I can build the Taj Mahal. You know, when you got purpose, suddenly it'll, it'll release potential. It'll release things in your life that you never thought you'd even try or attempt. But when you got purpose, when you say, I want this done, you'll suddenly go and you'll attempt things you would have never thought you'd done. But you know what? Purpose will empower you and it'll release things in your life. Amen, Pastor. Power creates endurance. It's an amazing. That's Cheryl. I'm tired of saying, Cheryl. I mean, I can't even get on my knees again. I'm so sore. I just want to sit out. We're almost there. We can do it. Oh, come on, Pastor. I'm really enjoying watching services from home. I don't have to get up and shower. I don't have to brush my teeth. I can just get myself a little milky bar and I sit here at the pillow and. Just messing with you. I love you. I see you there pluffing up your pillow. It's pretty awesome. You could be watching the Masters Golf right now, but you're watching me. So thank you for that great sacrifice. <laughs> Did I tell you I love you? I really, really do. I really do. Creates endurance. You know what? It produces morale. You know, you know when, when you've got all kinds of nonsense going on, in the middle of nonsense, if we can capture a purpose in the middle of it that we can all sink our teeth into, suddenly we're all excited. We can't wait. And you know something, folks? We are ready to move. This building is sold. We are going to be doing something incredibly big. We're going to together unite ourselves in incredible purpose. And I tell you, it's going to blow your mind what God does with this thing. I'm ready. I'm ready. My heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. Ha! What do you say, Jen Sloan? Got a yeah, we got a yeah, yeah, we got a yeah. All right, I got to go, I got to go, produces morale. You know what also, purpose produces evaluation. I mean, I come in all the time, they get tired of me at, at the house and even me to Cheryl and other people. I'm always going, how am I doing? How am I doing? Well, stop it. But you know what, because you're perfect, because you're so committed to this, because you want it to be done well, you want it evaluated. Are we getting ahead? Are we making it? Because, because the purpose so consumes you, it has to be realized. Therefore, you want to evaluate, are we taking ground? Is it getting better? Are we, is it, did that make any sense today, Cheryl? Was everything okay? And it's not because I need a pat in the back. It's the purpose of what we're doing is so important. It needs to be evaluated. Are we doing okay? And if you're not evaluating, it's not worth anything to you. If you're not going to question, how am I doing? You don't really care. Well, I don't think we should keep score, Pastor. Well, God keeps score. To the one who was faithful with five, he gave more. The one who was faithful with ten, he gave more. To the one who buried it in the ground, he took what he had. You've been given a talent. You've been given something significant for today. Are you burying it or are you fully invested? Wow, this is, this is a full-on grace message today. Full-on grace, because grace works. Grace works. And you know what? And if you go through all that, it produces and it increases our effectiveness. And that's what we're looking for. We're going to mess with everybody a little bit for the next five weeks. If you're in the, stuck in the realm of melancholy, 
If you're stuck in the circle of who cares, if you're stuck in the realm of does it really matter, this next five weeks is going to be uncomfortable for you. I came, to, I came to the church to get comfort, and I got discomfort. Well, you know what? To those who are ready, they're going to feel very, very comfortable. God's doing something big right now. Of the increase of his government and peace, there's no end. There's no place where we say good enough. There's no place where we say, uh, good enough, Lord. We saved as many as we could. Come on, get us out of this mess. No, it's not this place be creepy and crazy. Get us out. I am ready. Bring it. All right, one more thing. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. Your race. Your race. What God's called you for. Something significant, something not temporal, but eternal. Something powerful that God has called you to. I want to finish my race with joy. And I have to totally agree with Paul the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Come on, stand up with me. Hey, I'm ready. Hope you're ready. Hey, listen, if you're here today, you wandered in, and who's this little fat guy up there shouting what's going on? Hey, I'm grabbing life by the throat, the devil by the throat, everything that's trying to hinder what's going on in our world by the throat. I'm going to get just mad dog ugly. Because I just want to see London City of God. And it's going to happen with a group of people that just get really passionate. You know what? It says you're going to reap a harvest. I think it's Galatians 6, 9. It says you're going to reap a harvest if you don't quit, if you don't cast away your passion, if you don't give up. And we're going to be those people that are tenacious. We are determined. We're going to see the goodness of God fill this area. And you know what? God wants that. So what we want, he wants. And he's going to pour energy and purpose to the things that are on his heart. So I have fixed my heart, oh God. I have fixed my heart. Listen, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus or you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I want you to do that. He's for you. He's nuts about you. He's got a purpose for you that will satisfy you like nothing else. You know, he's forgiven you. He's loved you. He's eradicated everything that stands between you and him. And he says, welcome home. You know, if you want to say, hey, I'm in. I want to be a part of the family of God. Just repeat this prayer after me. You ready? Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I declare I am forgiven, I am healed, and I am free. Holy Spirit, testify to my spirit that I am a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that for the first time, you can click a button online. You can go online to our front page, fill out a contact card. We had people doing it last week, filled out the contact card. We want to send you, boy, when you get that hot, heavy, anointed perspiration in your eye, it makes it burn. It makes it burn. I'm burning for you. I'm burning for Jesus. But you can hit that card, fill it out. We want to send you information. We'll send you a welcome home book. Welcome home. And we just want to bless you, all right? Everybody else, everyone, I'm going to bless you. You ready? How many know you're blessed? We got prayer up here. There's people going to be on these yellow prayer lines. If you need prayer, come to the yellow prayer line, and people are going to be ready to pray for you. If you need prayer online, you can click on the all-access pass, and you can pray online. If you're online and you feel like connecting, you want to say hi to somebody, you can go to the virtual lobby, and you can say hi to them as well. Are you ready? 
say I'm ready. I mean, get yourself ready. I'm telling you, because we're going to have five weeks of a lot of fun coming up, and we're going to just blow this sucker right up. All right? All right? Come on. Well, Heavenly Father, I bless this house. Thank you for each and every one. I love them all deeply. I love them dearly. That's why I'm just provoking them a little bit. Because you said provoke, prod. I mean, push each other. And, you know, provoke them into good works. And so, Father, we want to be sure that, Lord, none of us are kind of, I'd be more happy watching the guy skate than to lay a floor with my wife. I mean, how wrong would that be? And Father, we just pray in Jesus' name, your richest blessing on each and every one right now. Thank you, Father, for your great love that nothing can separate me from. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, for your favor, for your <laughs> inexhaustible generosity. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you're with me now. Thank you that you're with me now. And you lead me, guide me, and inspire and animate me. We thank you for it all in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 Take your time going out. If you need prayer, you can get prayer right now. Take your time going out. Give each other space. And there's uh, some cleanser at the door so you can get some cleanser on your way out. All right? God bless you.